talking to you is very different from talking to a lot of people in the sense that like, like you so definitively just do not want to be personal. <laughs> uh, are you getting a real guard up uh, feeling? It's not guard. <laughs> it doesn't. No, you're 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 shooting straight. You're saying exactly yeah, how right. you feel about it. So that's not guard. Yeah. Yes. True. My guard is down mm. about the fact that my guard is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. That is the voice of the great Liz Kingsman. This is a very unique episode today. It's almost like an exchange program between London and America of solo shows. Uh, Liz Kingsman has a hit one-woman show that was nominated for an Olivier Award, was in the West End, was a huge hit. Now it came to America. It runs through August 11th at Greenwich House, which is, uh, that's actually where years ago you might have seen me perform my girlfriend's boyfriend for, I think, almost six months. It's a fantastic theater. You should really try to go. Liz's show is, it's fantastic. And we'll get into this today, but basically her show, without giving anything away, is kind of a deconstruction of solo shows. It's sort of a parody of sorts. I don't want to say much more than that. We also, we talk a lot about, one of the first times we've ever talked on the show about this idea of like how frustrating it can be because she doesn't like doing a lot of interviews. How frustrating it can be that you're, that you make something, whether it's a painting or, or a comedy show or whatever it is, and then you have to sell it to people and convince people, you should come to this thing, which is, uh, which is sometimes challenging. Uh, but we have, a, we have a really great talk. Um, there's a, I'm doing a few shows this summer where I work out new material. I'm in Levittown, New York, which is uh, on Long Island on uh, July 21 and 22. I'm at the Bay Street Theater. I just added a second and final show. Uh, in Sag Harbor, which is in the Hamptons. It's gorgeous. Just a gorgeous theater that's literally like right on the water. We just added a 9.30 show, July 29th. I'm in New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, August 3rd through 5th. It's uh, a great little club there, uh, working out new material. And then I'm doing The Old Man in the Pool, which we talk about today, at Edinburgh Fringe for the first time, August 22 through 27. Uh, And then I'm at the Wyndham, September 12th, through October 7, four weeks only, 30 performances. And then um, stay tuned for some, some announcements um, on burbigs.com. Liz Kingsman's show is, is fantastic. Uh, we have a, a really fun conversation today. We, uh, we do acknowledge that the director of her show recently died, uh, Adam Brace. He was a brilliant guy and he was a wonderful person. Um, so when we, talk, when we reference Adam, that's the Adam that we're... Speaking of, he also directed Alex Edelman's show, which is currently on Broadway, which is called Just For Us. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the great Liz Kingsman. How do you explain your show? And I know this is an annoying question. Oh, sure. How do you explain it? Yeah, no, I don't. (laughs) Okay. Do you want me to explain it? Um, Yeah. Could you do my elevator pitch for me? Because I don't have one. Also, I'm like the marketing team's like worst nightmare because they're like, we do need to explain to people what this is. And I'm like, oh, I find it funnier if we never explain. If we don't, right. If we never tell people. Right. But it's theater spoof, effectively. Yeah, and it's also like, yeah, it's like a parody of solo shows that in the process of being a parody – uh, becomes a type of solo show with a heart. Yes. With a heart, 
Oh. I hope that's not a spoiler. No, I don't think it has any heart, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that you think it does. <laughs> I was fooled by the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've made fools of everyone. <laughs> I don't think it has any substance or heart. I think it's very stupid and dumb. But I have found here the audience is buying into the quote-unquote heart more than they do back home. I think um, in the UK everyone's so cynical and, like, def- you know, our default communication is, like, bits and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. And whereas here is every, people are more earnest, more, you know, people are more <laughs> more earnest. And so when I do the earnest thing, they're like, oh, of course, no, it's the earnest bit now. And whereas in the UK, you could the audience were like, this is a joke, right? She's not, this isn't real. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it isn't real. I got choked up during the real part. I love that. You're telling me that you don't feel that... You- the part about saying that you're jealous of people who do earnest solo who, shows? Uh, it, the words are real. So so we made sure everything I said was real. <laughs> oh, the n- was, words was real. are real. Yeah. So the words, are, the words are technically true, but I don't believe them with any kind of um, – they're hollow, if you know what I mean. In the sense that you don't – on a day-to-day basis, you don't feel jealousy towards these people? No, because you really don't. No, because it's because I I feel I felt envy that they'd made something. Yeah, that these people had gone out and they'd created something, and it and it had gone well for them. And I was like, that's you know that's envy making, and you it's you like anyone completing any project is enviable. Yeah. So I was def- definitely envious of that, but I wasn't envious of the idea that they could be sincere and earnest on stage because I have no desire to put myself out there like oh my that. my gosh, wow. Like, I am just interested in stupid gags. And so... Wow. Yeah. This is huge. This um, is huge but breaking news. on the night you saw it, because sometimes it has... It was the opening night. It's the opening night. So, so maybe it, it was emotion the, in the room already. There were emotions already. there for other reasons. So I think maybe... And I can feel when they're, like, in the room and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll try and use it. But it's all cyn- so cynical. I'm like, if I have a really tired day or, like, I remember one day... When I did the show in Australia, I had a really like deep conversation with my mom and it had sort of like put me in a weird place. And then that night I was just like crying on stage. And yeah. I was like, yes, this is great. This is great because it's all nonsense. Oh my God. But maybe acting is just nonsense. And so I'm, what I'm describing is what other actors do all the time. I don't know. I'm going to unpack this more because I, o- I can't get over it. I missed my therapy session this morning. So this Perfect. would be really okay. great for me. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> So there's a moment in the show where you say, this is the moment in the solo show where someone yeah. stops and has a, a says something that's true about them, that's real. Yeah, something from the heart. <laughs> something from the heart. And you say a thing, basically, that you're jealous of people who do shows like this. Like, for example, like one of the shows you're parodying possibly is Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Fleabag, mm-hmm. but then I, I read somewhere that you didn't think of it that way. I hadn't seen it until I'd finished the script. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was... I was parroting the feeding frenzy around that show. Fascinating. But I hadn't, I purposefully hadn't gone to see it. Interesting. Yeah. Have you, when she saw your show, she probably saw your show. I don't think she, ha- I don't know. I don't think she has. I think oh. someone would have told me. But we have, you know, like, yeah. I, I'm sorry to dwell on this, but <laughs> this, no, I'm shocked by this idea that you're not sincerely, Oh, I've really and, like come out the gates and no, because I so believed it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, okay, if it's not that, if you don't envy people 
who make auto, so so autobiographical shows. Mm. I don't em- I respect them. What's the impetus them. for doing the show? Yeah. Because well, that, big- that's what I came away with. Oh, that's why she made the show. Right. Well, I don't envy them. I respect them and I like. I admire. I admire what you do. I just don't want myself on stage like that. Yeah. Like I want. I want like as many art. You know, I want Inception. I want to be at the bottom of the Inception, mm. um, the film Inception. Yes. Um, I don't want to be myself on stage, which is why I struggle like being asked to publicize the show because I'm like, okay, but that would involve me having to talk as, as myself, yeah. um, which is a real struggle for me. So, yeah, so I'm not jealous of them. I think I think two things ha- happened when I came up with the show, which was that there were just so many one-woman shows. Like there were so many yeah. suddenly. Like yeah. you just couldn't move for them. And yeah. I spent a lot of time at festivals and fringe, you know, venues. Yeah. And it felt like a lot of people were like making them and they were going really well. People were really enjoying them. I'd seen a bunch of them and um, I didn't hugely relate to the characters in them. Um, so that that was happening. And then on the other hand, it felt like there was this like kind of trend in comedy to be autobiographical yeah and if you don't want to use your own stories as currency yeah. and you but you want to work in comedy yes then, then where where were Where'd we or where were we left like falling over jokes or like you know like it felt like goofy stupid yeah. stuff was Pratt not fall. trendy Pratt at the time yeah you know, pratfalls they weren't hot back then <laughs> and so it wasn't intentional like i'm gonna say something about this it was just i guess you know, when you make something, you're not making it in a vacuum. So in retrospect, I'm looking at that going like, that was the landscape that I made the show in. But at the time, it was like, oh, I want to make a stupid joke version of a very serious, profound theatre piece. Okay. You know, it was like, it came from the instinct of wanting to do something really stupid. (laughs) Talking to you is very different from talking to a lot of people in the sense that like, like you so definitively just do not want to be personal. (laughs) <laughs> uh, are you getting a real guard up uh feeling it's not guard <laughs> it doesn't no you're 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 shooting straight you're saying exactly yeah, how right. you feel about it so that's not guard yeah yes true my guard is down about the fact that my guard is up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it is Working It Out is brought to you in part by Thrive Market, which is an online grocery store that specializes in healthy, organic, sustainable products. You go to thrivemarket.com, you take a quiz. Quizzes are fun, right? How about a quiz that helps you eat healthier? You answer a few questions about the way you shop for groceries, and then you got a whole customized selection of items. It's tailored specifically to your lifestyle, your favorite foods, your dietary preferences, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Here at the office, it's our go-to for all of our grocery and household essentials. When you join Thrive Market, you are helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash perbigs for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash perbigs. Thrivemarket.com slash perbigs. 
Support for Working It Out comes from Allbirds. You know I love Allbirds. My character on Billions wears Allbirds. The Mike Birbiglia character in my last two Broadway shows and specials wears Allbirds. I, in my real life, walking around Brooklyn, wear Allbirds. Warmer temps mean super light styles. This is a new thing for them. Meet the super light collection. Allbirds' lightest ever shoes, now in fresh colors, a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these some of the most packable styles ever. I love these shoes. I just throw them in my backpack. My wife makes fun of me. Jenny makes fun of me because I essentially pack nothing for trips. I go one backpack. Allbirds make the cut. Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code WIO. That's for working it out. WIO for a free pair of socks with a purchase of 48 bucks or more. That's allbirds.com. A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code WIO. That's for working it out. By the way, we can talk about Adam or not talk about Adam. Yeah. It's up to you. I think I'll just start crying. Yeah. No, we won't. I mean, unless you want to cry. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll probably reference, it's impossible to talk about the inception of this show without talking about him. So he'll come up, but... For uh, the listeners who are confused right now, uh, Adam Brace is the director of the show and he sadly passed and was, uh, nothing to be said about it, I think, other than he was a wonderful person who I knew was, as well. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel that he knew of me as being very private and so he would probably find it weird if I was suddenly like talking about him on a, oh, on a podcast like interesting. I'm you know I keep to myself and yeah like he 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 once said to me like you know you're doing a lot of interviews in a sort of like watch yourself way like oh, like because he kept me on the straight and narrow he 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 was my compass for like decisions generally not just about the show but like fascinating is this photo right for the thing and he'd be like you look a bit egotistical i'm like okay yeah, yeah. if adam says that then that's true yeah so adam, like i have to like try and conjure the spirit of him to make decisions in my life wow. going forward yeah and adam is um to listeners of this podcast will know he was the director also of alex edelman's just for us which just debuted on broadway and um who's been on the show three times and um and I feel like Alex is much more in touch with, I mean, I don't know him that well, but like, he, I feel like he's better at talking about it than I am. Yeah. Well, I no don't know one... if you were at my <laughs> opening, I tried to talk about Adam afterwards because I, f- I wanted to do a toast to him and I was just, I couldn't get through it. And then I found out that Alex had done it on the stage of the Hudson right after yes. he bowed. And yes. I was like, I don't know how he did that. Yeah. I was very impressed by Alex, the way he dealt with it. He cried during his uh, discussion of it. But, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I had a handful of comedian friends die in my, when I was in my 30s. And I, yeah, I just don't think, I, I don't think I've gotten over it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's in some ways the best thing you can say about something like that. Is, yeah. Is like, I, is like, don't worry that you're feeling sad. I always say this to Alex. It's like, because we're close, but it's like, don't worry that you're feeling sad because like, that's what's normal and also probably won't go away. Yes. And we're like, Alex and I are bound in fire now because of this. Like, yes. This this mirroring experience of, you know, other things. Like Alex was the person that told me when it happened and things like that. So like just by circumstance and yeah. So 
very, very odd thing where we're opening our two shows. I mean, his is much more intense than mine. His is on Broadway. And I, when Adam and I opened the show in the West End in London, yeah. I was n- near breakdown as it was. Like oh, I was, yeah. I'd just come off filming something. I got COVID. I opened the show with COVID. We're not, I was not meant to oh say gosh. that, but um, I did. Um, Britain is a very different place than here. Um, yes, That would true. never have flown here. Well, no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, they I mean. didn't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was wearing a mask and keeping my distance from everyone, but I was, it's a one, it's one person show, right. so that's fine. Um, but every, I was telling everyone that it was because I was try, trying to protect myself. So I was yeah. like, I don't want to get sick, but actually it was because I was already sick and I didn't want to make other people sick. Wow. I probably should, really shouldn't have said that. But um, anyway, we were, I was doing a lot of press. I was on the brink. Everything was going wrong. So how, so I, this is the reason I bring it up with the creatives who listen to the show is like, if that is how they feel. Because I think a lot of people feel that way about like, I want to create work, but I don't want to talk about it. I yeah. don't want to have to <laughs> yeah, explain yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I don't want to have to sell it. Yeah, Like I have to say like a lot of the bane of my existence is selling my yeah. work, like convincing people to come to the show yeah, yeah. that I've spent all these years on what you Although, have. Although uh, somebody said to me recently, because I was, I was doing this, um, I do this sitcom in France, weirdly, I don't know how. So I don't, do I, I don't humble speak brag. I know. We all, we all have to go off and do our sitcoms in France sometimes. <laughs> and the it's set in the EU parliament and somebody from the parliament came to ask me if I would go and do social media f- for the parliament. Like, would I go and talk about what it's like to film in the parliament? And I, my gut said, like, like you know when you just like dial your gut, your gut is just like, no, yeah. do not do that. And I was like, oh, I, and I was like, I can't, I don't know anything. I, even though I do this job, I don't know anything about the parliament. Yeah. Like, I knew I was going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. I was going to get canceled. I was going to do something. Yeah. I was going to say something really stupid. And so I said no. And um, I think they were sad. And uh, I, then I was explaining to someone, and I was like, is that okay that I said no to that? And then they were like, well, and I was hoping that this guy would be like, <laughs> um, no, it's totally fine that you said no. And he's like, well, I think, you know, Part of being an actor is is the audience, and therefore you owe it to the audience yeah. to 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 go and give. And I was like, ah, not the answer I was looking for That's actually today. So funny. I was looking for you to confirm you to me owe that it to the yeah, audience. You owe it. But I, you can't. There, there doesn't exist a show or a thing or without an audience. So therefore, you, you know, I should. I no, should. it's a real conundrum. It's a conundrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't want to do uh, interviews about my shows, but I just do. But yeah, but also, like, I feel like I should be like, oh, grow up. I should not you to you. <laughs> that wouldn't be what I said to you on the first time with me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe in a couple of times later, I'd tell you to grow up. But, uh, yeah, I have to just be like, don't be so stupid. Go and do the thing. I feel like it's worth unpacking this idea of, like, of, like, dreading interviews because I think most people would listen to this and go, like, Suck it up. Exactly. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, like first world problems. First, for, yeah, yeah. For sure. High class problems. But I'm actually going to push back on that and say. <laughs> what a first the, world problem thing to do. Well, the, the reason why you or me or anyone, it, my wife is a poet. She deals with this. I have friends who are painters. They deal with this. It's like the reason you do the thing yeah. is you're expressing something that you didn't want to express stress with just regular words. Yes, yeah. And then all of a sudden you get good enough at the thing where you express yourself with not the regular words. Yeah. And they're like, we need you to explain it with the regular with the, words. Yes, I think, <laughs> I yeah, it's like, I think I struggled with that at first because I was like, People were very interested in like the feminist themes in my show and they wanted me to 
they wanted me to give them sound bites about sure. what I thought about women. And I fell for that Against trap. them, right? Yeah. yeah really, I'm really anti-women. <laughs> and I fell for that for the first like few interviews yes. I did. And then, um, and then I would see these like soundbite pull quotes from me that sounded as if I had anything worth like anything worthwhile to say on the topic, which I don't think I do. And I realized that I, the reason I was struggling with it is because I was like, but the show is the way I talk about it. Like the right. show, the stupid, really stupid jokes is my way that I've decided to talk about it. Right. And I had like a real epiphany when I realized that just because they're a journalist from a newspaper doesn't mean I have to answer the question seriously. That's right. And so um, that was a fun epiphany for me because I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and not answer. I'd leave an interview and I'd be like, that was very dry. And I'd be like, oh, because I answered everything very seriously. Is that what's happening right now? No. Okay, good. Is it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But at the beginning, I thought you were maybe fucking with me when you were describing that what you were saying in the sincere part of your show wasn't sincere. But it isn't. Wait, no, I get it now. (laughs) It took me 17 minutes to understand what you meant. I thought you were doing a bit. And Uh, then I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm the other end of the bit? No, in this rare instance, I was not doing a bit. Do you ever get nervous about people... Whether it's Phoebe Waller Bridge or like any like Josie Long or any of these people who do solo shows, seeing your show, would you be nervous if they came? I had a couple of the playwrights who'd written one woman shows come and see it in the early venues in London. And I found that, yeah, quite terrifying. But they all had a very nice, good sense of humor. Yeah. Said fun things to me in the oh, bar nice. in the bar afterwards. Like um one of them said that she felt very triggered by it. And she said, I've really lived it. And I was like, I know, I know you have. And I was like, I'm sorry. But they, they, they were very, they were, at least to my face, they were very good humored. Yeah. Um, because you definitely nail a lot of things about it. Like I do autobiographical solo shows and like I was able to like fully enjoy that it was being parodied. The only thing that crossed my mind is it was like, are there enough people who've yeah. seen solo shows yeah. to enjoy a parody of solo shows? Well, this is a question that commercial producers <laughs> <laughs> had to ask before we uh, <laughs> before we went into the West End. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and clearly they did. Yeah, but it was, I mean, a, it was a huge hit. It was a risk. Like we were like we'd played at Soho Theatre and sold well, and then but like. That's Soho Theatre. I don't like it's. I like, love it. Like, I did my girlfriend's boyfriend there like it's ten years the best. ago. Like it's oh, the best theatre, and um, it that's the audience, and we were just very concerned that it wasn't gonna, re, you know, that we were just playing to the sort of echo chamber. But um, and yeah, that's and that's where it, you, and I, I want to say that's where you met your director Adam, right? Because he worked at Soho Theatre for no, years. Yeah, no, I met. He directed um, my sketch show like back in 2015. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, called Massive Dad. People always, so So the, one of the biggest questions I get as a solo performer in relation to my director is like, the, what do they the, do? What do they do? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, the truth is a ton. Oh yeah. And, and it, but dr- more dramaturgy, directurge as Adam yes. called it. Um, a lot of script stuff. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of script stuff. Yeah. Like my, my, my soundboard for every inane thought I've ever had effectively. Right. You know, yeah, which has been challenging here. Like we, luckily, um, Adam 
was able to come to Sydney with me in February. So uh, that was the first time we'd performed the show outside of the UK. So we did our reference comb, is what he called it, yeah. going through the show and finding every single reference. You know, we went through the whole script in Sydney and changed it. And we market surveyed people around the opera house being like, what would you, where would you buy this from? And where would you get this from? And uh, changed all the references. So I had like a base I knew where the problems were, but I didn't know what my new New York version was going to be. Yeah. And so I've been trying to figure that out. When I was in Australia, in my show, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, I, I talk about going to the carnival when I was a kid and going and eating cotton candy. They're like, what's cotton candy? And I was like, uh, it's like this sugar and it's like, you, it's like, candy like, floss. Fa- <laughs> yeah, they said, fairy floss. Oh, fairy floss. Fairy of floss. Candy floss is the UK. Fairy floss. Oh, yeah. that's what it is. So candy... Candy floss is how I did it in the UK, and then fairy floss fairy I did floss. it. What was amazing, Isn't I found. Isn't that sweet? Fairy floss is hilarious because we were fairy we, floss. We were laughing exactly. <laughs> we were laughing about how, like floss is. Oh yeah. Talk about reverse psychology. Yeah, that's on, like yeah, it's like that's the a opposite real oxymoron. of floss. Yeah, so using sugar to <laughs> floss the teeth of a fairy. Yeah. Fairy floss. Yeah. It's floss for fairies. This is what we do on the show. It's called The Slow Round. And it's just like sort of memory-based questions. But it's like, what are... Um, do you have a nickname growing up? No. Bad nickname? Good nickname? Bullies? Did I? It was my nickname. Bullies. bullies? My nickname yeah, was Bullies. Was your nickname Liz <laughs> Bullies? Liz Bullies Kingsman? Um, did I have Bullies? No. I went to school in Australia in a... In, in, I look back on like incredibly idyllic, like just sort of nice, very nice school where everyone was quite nice to each other. But I feel Mm. like that's the sort of thing that you say if you were one of the people that didn't have bullies. And it was all very like, I don't know, I just look back on it and I'm like, why did I ever leave? (laughs) Oh, wow. Why did I ever leave or grow up or leave school or have to be an adult in any way? I'm like, that was really good, actually. Oh, you definitely missed your therapy session today. Yeah, yeah, certainly (laughs) did. These are key questions for the doctor. Key (laughs) questions. Oh. But like most people look back and they're like, I can't, but I, they couldn't wait to get out of it. Yeah, that's how it and was. And I was like, I didn't want it to end. Yeah. I, was, I had such a nice time at school. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Weird, right? It's a little weird for me, but I, but I get what you're saying. You buy it? <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is funny like in some ways when you go like, like some people like really lock into school. Some people don't, but yeah. I feel like. A lot of times artists or people actually don't log into school. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. I was listening to, I was trying to listen to your the Judd Apatow episode oh, yeah. where you said like, what trauma from your life brought yeah. you to comedy? And I was thinking about that in my own life. I was like, no, I don't You don't know. have that. No, but that, that's, kind that's, of, what, that's kind of what my show is about as well. Like the yeah. show is about this desperate need to have trauma to talk about right. on stage. And I don't feel like I do. I mean, currently I'm grieving, so that's happening. But uh, other than that, you know, I don't think I have, I don't feel traumatized. And that made us for a certain point in time kind of like not really valuable in comedy. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny, like when I, when awful and sad, when Adam died and one of the first things I thought, and I said to Alex, I go, who's... He, he's going to have a lot of solo shows written about him. And that's what that's what he would have wanted. 
I know, it's so funny. Everyone <laughs> he said have, the same thing at the funeral. He didn't enjoy like, that. Everyone's going to write about this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. There's like 10 Edinburgh shows being created right now yeah, like, by very, very and, sad and comedians. Being like, yeah. and, then and then he gave me a note that I couldn't quite handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Did yeah. You, do you have a smell you remember growing up? Uh, when you said that, I imagined those flowers that are like, those white flowers that have like yellow Frangipanis, maybe is that what they're called? I don't, I don't know. know. Daisies, not daisies, but some sort of again? some sort of flowery scent. Okay, it's just very like colorful and blue and green. That's what I think of. How the hell did it's you like end up beach. in comedy? It's I don't like, know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> You're like, I had no, no drama. I had no drama. My memory also, like, of, of smells are, are like? flowers. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, what the I'm fuck is going so, on here? I also have such a, like, dead, cold heart. So what's happening there? It's not Maybe dead, it's cold heart, though. Maybe my that? dead, cold heart was growing up <sighs> in a place full of daisies and frangipanis being like, something's at odds here. And so maybe that's what it was. I respect that. Yeah. Can we can theory. we build something from that? <laughs> like, I don't know. I do I definitely remember feeling like at odds with it, but I enjoyed it. Did it, you were you ever left out of a group growing up? No, I had great friends. Killing me. We we would honestly, honestly spend our weekends getting the bus to the beach, <laughs> the reading novels on the beach. Going back to someone's house, oh making God. lunch together like avocado and, and oh bread, a mango, oh, a mango cut hard. into that's slices. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd hang out for the afternoon and then we'd like go home to our houses with our pets and our gardens. It was so wholesome and I realized I sound, yeah, I know what I sound like. Anyway, that's truly what my childhood was like. Fascinating. It was lovely. But honestly, like, this is why, and, and look, I, I, I don't mean to be the person who's like, like mining for like, oh, of course you're broken in some way. Oh, although I think when Jimmy I am. Carr was on, he said, you know, show me a comedian and I'll and I'll ask you like, what was their relationship with their dad or something like that. Like it was something yeah, effective, yeah. like or their mom, or like was your mom? Yeah. He, he'll, he, I think he goes like, was your mom sick? <laughs> okay. You know, and it's like. Like it's three of three options. Yeah. yeah, they have a. There's a lot of dead dad shows in Edinburgh. That's a. That's like a joke about Edinburgh. Yeah, but like, I think he's not entirely wrong. So like with you, you didn't have that. You didn't have the trauma you're describing. No. Just like, how do you? I think here's the reason why. How do you square it away? <laughs> well, here's here's the reason why. I think often there's a correlation, because there's a void. And you're trying to kind of fill the void, and because mm. and 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 because you have uh, it's so insatiable, you end up being able to work so hard because fundamentally show business is so goddamn hard. So do like, you mean like the void? Something's broken, so you like want to fill it with yes, laughter, but yes. I. <laughs> But <laughs> comedians don't laugh, like, they hang out with funny people, yeah. but they don't, like, they're not, like, walking down the street like Care Bears, you know, like, no. like... No, no, So I don't think they're filling a void in that. They're not doing stuff to make themselves laugh. And I think part of that is, honestly, like, because I have the same thing, like, I spend a majority of my social life with comedians, and part yeah. of it is I have so much social anxiety in life outside of <laughs> comedy yeah right saying like the wrong thing yeah and that weirdly like with comedians there's no such thing as putting your foot in your mouth really 
because there's like an immediate like joke punishment. Yeah. Like the moment you put your foot in your mouth, someone just like goes at you <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like calls you on it in a way that isn't mean-spirited per se or it's mean-spirited but like in kind of they're hugging you kind of way. Yeah. Although weirdly like I never ever describe myself as a comedian. I don't ever think of myself really? like that. Yeah. I've made like a really bizarre point of it in all the press stuff that to be called an actor or a writer because I don't because I don't ever want to be myself on stage, I never write stand-up, I'm never going to go on panel shows. And they have, you know, big panel shows in the UK where comedians go and be themselves and be funny. And you'll probably probably do them. You're going to do any? Do one. I'd be be pleased to uh, be invited on one. I've never been invited. I'm sure you'll get the invite. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. This is is the point of this one, was to get you on (laughs) QI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's right. Um, But I would never go on any of those. Like, I would... You don't go on those. I, well, I haven't been asked, but if I was asked, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Like Nish Kumar goes on those. Exactly. Nish, is, Nish is a, wakes Sarah up straight Milligan. on a panel show for Nish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's on three He's or so four before lunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's He's why. He's got I, a real knack I this. feel like it would be insulting to comedians if I called myself a comedian because I'm not actually a comedian. That's what Joe, my brother Joe was asking. Well, his question was, where do you workshop the show? Because, like, where do you, uh, I guess, as the full thing? As opposed to, like, because I workshop the show in my shows in 10, 15-minute mm. chunks. Then I go out to clubs yeah. and I workshop an hour. But, like, the 10 minutes, like, at the Comedy Cellar here and stuff like that, yeah. it's really significant for process. But it sounds like you don't do that. Well, I this is the on, first, only, and last show I'll make. So it's... If, you're not going to make a show again? <laughs> Never. No. Wow. I want to make films. You think you're so, going to direct films? Ideally, yeah. Oh, that's great. If I can just that's a fun get a good night's sleep, I should be able to, yeah. Have you directed um, any films? No, only short films. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited so, for that. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was, yeah, so I was like, right, put that down, go and go off and like I was doing more acting and sitcoms and I was like, the aim was write, make films. Yeah. And then this idea was like eating away at me. And so I was like, I'll just very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Just get this out of my system. And then the and, show just like. And then the show it, it was. just became like an, an re- animate object and it had its own life and pulse. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. One, so. one might say that the reaction to the show was flowers. <laughs> it just smelt of beautiful, <laughs> beautiful summer's day. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah. no, so it's yeah, so over. no, so no bullies. No bullies. I remember the smell of flowers, and then and I, the thing and I made went well. And I made <laughs> won all these awards, and it went. Honestly, great if you could accident. write a script of how to like hate someone, it yeah, would be yeah, yeah. it would be what I've said today. Working It Out is brought to you in part by Helix Mattresses. Helix Mattresses is one of our original sponsors. We all love Helix Mattresses. I just love the convenience of it. Showed up in a box, took it out, it's ready to go. Uh, The temperature control of it's great. There's certain mattresses that make you hot or sweaty, but it's a very temperature-controlled mattress. It's one of the things. Enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And it's exactly what it does. I think it's kind of amazing. 
There are models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. There are models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. People, are you with me? Get your best sleep while Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. It's their best offer yet. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. No, now. Working It Out is brought to you in part by Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. On each episode of The Big Flop, comedians join Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? There are some great guests on the show. Sam Sanders, Ron Funches, Rachel Dratch, a whole bunch of other people I really like. Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who are hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Other recent topics, Millie Vanilli, the XFL, and Woodstock 1999. Follow the Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. This is the part of the show where I work out material that I'm working on because basically I spent three, four years on a show. Yeah. So this is like the beginning. This is your new show. Yeah. Yeah. So Old Man in the Pool is what I'm doing in London. Yeah. And then that's going to come out on a thing eventually. And then then right now I'm just like work from scratch. This is just like note cards and here's some jokes. So this is a joke I'm working on about how American Southern accent, like sometimes I do not understand it. Like I was in a... Parking lot after one of my shows, and this woman just goes, she goes, she's like thirty feet away. He goes, up, 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 a hat, and I was just like, what? And then she goes, up, 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 a hat, and I thought, oh no, all I understood was the word hat, and you yeah. can't ask what twice, right? Yeah. So then I just go, I'm wearing a hat, so I just go like, thanks. Yeah. This is some kind of hat. And yeah. She goes, no. <laughs> dip, 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 a hat. And I just waved and I like walked away slowly and I thought, I guess we'll never know each other. It's nice. I'm trying to find something in it. It's like just an anecdote that I, happened. I like that in the no, when she said no to you, <laughs> she understood that you didn't understand. She, like, a good point. There was she understood in me, that moment. but I didn't understand her. Yeah. You're right. She understood that you were struggling to understand her, but she didn't make it... <sighs> That's a good she point. She didn't um, make it make more sense to you. She just starts to tell it again. Right. This is... Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or the alternative is she, <laughs> she hated your hat, and so when you went, thanks, she's like, no, I'm saying I don't like that hat. Right. Right, right. So I could do an extrapolation out on like what she thought I was saying and that she was judging me. Yeah. Like in some ways this the bit could hinge on itself because like I'm judging her for having yeah. this wild accent, but meanwhile, yeah. like she's judging me. She understands me and her. Yeah. She's bilingual in this. She's instance. bilingual in this instance. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And you're not. So you're the yeah. Oh, this is something I'm really trying to understand for myself. I was working on this this weekend and I was trying to understand how people could find the humor. <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny. But like how the like where the humor is in this, which is basically like 
when you fall in love, like I fell in love with my wife 20 years ago, like instantly, like mm-hmm. fell in love with the right way. And it's out of your control. Yeah. Falling in love is out of your control. It's like being hit by a bat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't get to choose when you get hit by a bat. Yeah. Right? And so like I fell in love with Jenny and like I was in a relationship with someone else who I had insisted I would never fall in love with anyone or be in a relationship. Insisted is a, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Insist. I had felt confidently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. very confident. Insisted, as, yes. And then, um, so I fell in love with Jenny. Then I had to go back to this first person and is say, this, it's true. It's true? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had to say, um, remember how I was saying that I'd never <laughs> fall in love? Good news and bad news on that one. Uh, good news is I did. So if you're rooting for my journey, uh, then uh, it's a good week. The bad news is it's this other lady, and I don't even think you're going to meet her. Uh, so uh, anyway, it's not you, it's me, or it's sort of you. It's not. It's you in the sense of it's. I needed to meet you to know I was in love with her. Um, it's not you, it's me and her. I'm going to go now, and then that's the end. And it. And what's funny is, is it's one of these bits where, I'm sure you've had some of these things like this before, if you're the biggest laugh is if you're rooting for my journey, yeah, yeah, right. Like it's, but it's right in the middle, yeah. And then at the end, it gets kind of sad. Like it's yeah. not you, it's me and her is kind of like that. So then you need to heading towards something. Well, yeah, and I think what it is is I and and, the, and I haven't put this on this part of it on stage yet. I think it's heading towards like I'm comfortable saying this because I have been the other person like 14 times. Oh yeah, like okay. previous to that, I had, like literally I remember being 19 and just being like with someone and being yeah, like, right. I found you. You understand me more than, you know, and the person being like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being, all right, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all right, it's, thanks. It's like <laughs> from like a, stat, like a stats point of view, it's needed to happen. Like like statistically. Statistically. You, yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually what I was pointing out the other night because the, the audience kind of gasps a little bit at the end part. At the... It's not you, it's me and her. I mean, because well, yeah. it's like, because it sounds mean spirited, and of course, I don't mean it to be mean spirited. It would just but be I, a mean thing to it, say to someone in a, in a breakup. You, you've yeah, never yeah. said it. You've <laughs> yeah. ne- it's, it's an outrageous thing to say. And, um, and so I was trying to talk through it. Sometimes I do that with audiences. I'll be like, well, the reason, the logic behind that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was, and I think that it, and it's basically that. It's, it's that like, it's funny because, like, I've been that person so many yeah. times. And it's, like, that's the way of life. Like, it's, all, like if you fall in love, chances are you're sort of seeing someone else. Right. Or you're sort of interrelated to someone else or were six yeah. months ago or you're whatever. not, like, yeah, no one's at this point in a vacuumless, vacuumless? You know what yeah, I mean? Vacuumless. vacuumless. I think that's the word. No one's That's existing. the American version. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've only been here for a few weeks, so yes, I'm just sort of getting, getting used to it. But, uh, yeah. that And also, like, the audience don't want you – They, it's that classic thing of, like, they, they don't want to root for someone who's got too much going on for themselves. So they don't 100%. want you to be – i.e. I had a nice childhood. No way. <laughs> Everything's smelling <laughs> of flowers. And I really like enjoying enjoying doing the show that I'm having fun with. <laughs> i.e. for example. But yeah, so they what they you can't if they if they're gasping at you saying it's not you, it's me and her, it's like that means for a split second, like 
you were really like a cool guy for that. No, I know. I and become so, a cool so, guy. Yeah, and so Nothing you, worse and so, than cool guy yeah, comedy. cool guy comedy. And yeah, so yeah. then your your instinct is to immediately be like, no, 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 let me tell you all the reasons I'm not a cool right, guy. Right, right. And then you're going to tell them about all the 14 times that you got rejected. Right. But it's just like, isn't that telling them is purely so that you can have the lower status again and they can think you're an, you're a it's big... It's not purely for that. Well, no, on a sort of holistic... Um, they don't want you. Cool guy comedy is. Uh, it's just not funny. Not funny, and it's not um, sustainable. <laughs> it's a not sustainable. Although arguably, it is sustainable in the sense that there are some cool guy comics who oh. are very popular. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the thing I'm toying with right now. It's not you. It's me and her. Okay. And the, but they're gasping. <laughs> yeah, but they're it's gasp- a, but overall it's sort of fun because it's like that's funny because it's. I don't know, like, because immediately I start talking also about, like, about, like, late, like, I'm married and, like, lately I've had, like, people, <laughs> to, like, a lot of friends get divorced. Mm. And I I want to say to my friends who are getting divorced, like, you don't know who this hurts most. It's me. It's your married friends. You have to <laughs> go back to our husbands and wives and just be like, so that's not us, right? Like, we're- You're causing too many uncomfortable conversations in our house yeah 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 well we do like a, a divorce autopsy we're like well oh. they're they didn't communicate but we are <laughs> i mean we're having a conversation we're doing it right, right now, now. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> last thing we do is working out for a cause and it's like basically we contribute to whatever organization you think is doing a good job and then and then uh, we link to them in the show notes we encourage other people to oh my gosh to, i have the perfect contribute. one um, from my show, The Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust. Oh, my gosh. It's is that a re- real? It's a real charity that protects the wetland habitats for birds and wildlife. One of my favorite things about your show is that you, your program, you, there's a fake show within the show, and you, your program, the front is the program for your show, and the, the reverse, if you flip the book over, is the fake show. And it's lovely. You really did the work on it. Like did some work. You yeah. did the full fake one. Okay. Did I do the work or did I procrastinate writing something else? For, right. you know, Precisely. Was it like you could write this script that you're overdue on or you could write fake content yes. for the program. <laughs> fake content. Um, so yeah, I wrote some fake content for the program which is quite fun. Well, congratulations on the show. And I'll see you in London, I think, in the fall Thank if you're you around. Thank you so much. And I love your show. Thank you. Working it out, because it's not done. Working it out, because there's no... That's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. I love that Liz Kingsman show, one-woman show. I couldn't recommend it more highly. It runs uh, until August 11th at the Greenwich House Theater. Uh, you can follow Liz on Instagram at... at Liz Kingsman, and you can watch the full video of this interview on our YouTube page. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. If you have a moment, subscribe to the channel. It's uh, it's got all it's got my conversation with Ira Glass, Elise Myers, Tom Papa. Uh, we're psyched about it. We it's it's fun to see these interviews. The the body language of them is sort of fun. Check out birdbigs.com and sign up for the mailing list. There may be. Uh, a New York something or other this fall. So if you if you sign up, you'll be the first to know about that. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salomon and Joseph Berbiglia, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producers Gary Simons and Lucy Jones, sound mixed by Shub Sarin, supervising engineer Kate Belinsky, special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall, as well as David Raphael and Nina Quick. 
My consigliere is Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. Special thanks to my wife, the poet, Jay Hope Stein, and of course, our daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. If you're enjoying the show, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. It always is the most helpful when people write what their favorite episode is. I saw Tig Notaro this weekend, and I said, hey, we got to have you back on the podcast. People always recommend yours in the Apple Podcasts as one of their favorite episodes. And she was, uh, she seemed like she was pretty into it. So I say, so hopefully we'll have that out in the fall. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, especially if you have enemies in London, because I'm going to be in London. And I don't know that many people there. It might be a good time to just drop them a line and say, hey, I know we, we had a bad falling out, et cetera. But there's this podcast I've been really enjoying where creatives uh, kind of talk out ideas. And, and actually, this week, one of your own, Liz Kingsman, is the guest. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>